Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for being here today at Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I am the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. I'm thankful that that bumper video popped up on the screen with that peppy music because I was nodding off during the announcements. I was over there. I was just thankful that that came on to wake me up. But anyway, I'm thankful to have been here to open up this series called Bite Size, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to close this series called Bite Size. So what we've been doing and why we came up with this little catchy name for this series was because we were taking a look at these bite-sized nuggets of wisdom that were found in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs, that ancient book of wisdom, and we've spent the last five weeks in this book, just has some of these ancient kind of nuggets of bite-sized wisdom that we've been looking at and chewing on and talking about together. I opened up the series talking about what it looked like to filter every single decision through this idea of what is the wise thing to do. And John has subsequently taken us on a journey through the book of Proverbs. And I've been really engaged in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to wrap it up today in what I hope is going to be an impactful way. But the book of Proverbs was written by a guy by the name of King Solomon, who is historically known to be the wisest man to have ever lived. So I thought as we would kind of jump into today and today's kind of idea or topic that we're talking about, I wanted to kind of share with you, if you don't know anything about me, uh, maybe you know a little bit more about John, he's up here a lot more than I am, but if you don't know anything about me yet, or maybe we're just getting to know each other, I wanted to give you a little bit, bit of insight to my life. So I've been married to Caitlin for almost 13 years, and last year, January 1st of 2020, what a year it was going to be, but January 1st of 2020, our daughter was born. Her name is Libby. Her name is Elizabeth for long, Libby for short. And as we were talking about, as we walked through this first year of parenting, I thought it would be cool, because we're talking about wisdom and all, I thought it would be cool to take a look at some of the very practical parenting advice, right, that I was given, because if you are a parent, you know that everybody gives you advice, everybody's got a, you know, a, a plan for you that you really don't want, but they give it to you anyway, and everybody's got an idea of what you should feed your kid, and how to sleep your kid, and what to put on your kid's body for clothing, and how you should engage with your child, and and, and if you're a new parent, you know this, or maybe if you are, have been a parent, you know, and your kids are grown, you probably remember this, but I just kind of want to give you some parenting advice that I got that was really beneficial to me. And one of the things that I really wanted to do, which I thought was cool, I didn't want to give you the parenting advice that I got from like a blog or a magazine article or watching a show, you know, on the Oprah channel or whatever it was. I really wanted to just give you some real practical advice. And, and furthermore, I wanted to tell you what people told me. People who are, don't miss this, in this church, which is really cool, okay? This is, this is fun, so stick with me. So you may know our lead guy, John. So he gave me some parenting advice, which I thought was really cool. Okay, so let me just put this up on the screen. Here he is. Doesn't he look great there, right? So, okay, so what he said, get Bose headphones to block the noise. That's what he said. 
And I thought that was really interesting. John obviously doesn't have children. And I thought that, that this was so great for someone who didn't have a parent or didn't have a child to be able to tell me about these Bose headphones. Furthermore, he started saying this about a year ago and still to this day, this was last week, sends me the Amazon link in a text message. This is what you need to buy. And I said, thank you, John, so much for that piece of advice as I walked through my first parenting journey. That was the first piece of advice. Somebody right here in this church. So let me give you the second piece of advice I got. This one's great. So this is a buddy of mine. We've been brothers for a long time. And he is, this is one of the, uh, let me put it up. This is what it is. Okay. This is what he said to me first. You'll be broke, which I thought was fun. This is him right here. We were at Disney together and he took, takes me out. We like to frequent some local watering holes from time to time. And he goes, my let, me, let me tell you something, my brother. You will be broke. Mark my words. I said, thanks for the encouragement. He said, no problem. He says, I got two girls and my youngest daughter, when I go into the grave, is going to reach in and pluck out my last dollar bill. That's what he tells me. So I go, this is exciting, right? And the third piece of advice from a, another guy here at the church who you probably have met or seen from time to time, he actually hasn't been around for a few weeks because he himself was just blessed with a child. This was his piece of advice to me, move to Myanmar. And I thought, I started, what's Myanmar? And I looked it up and you might know Myanmar as Burma. And I asked him, I go, what is that, the discount pharmacy? And he didn't really have an answer for what it was, but he said, hey, if you really want some advice, move there. I thought it was just interesting to share these pieces of wisdom that I've been given from some of the, what I would call, road scholars within the downtown Harbor Church. But one of the things that I really thought about related to today and related to the proverb that I want to talk about today, this was so important for me to give this message, and it was so important for everybody, regardless of where you are in life, to just zone in. Because today's proverb is actually going to be about kids and training them up and how we have an influence in their life. So before you check out and you go, my kids are grown, I don't need to zone into this. Yes, you do. This is important because you know kids in your life in some way. Maybe you're leaning into your kids' kids. Maybe you have kids who you engage with at school or at church or whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you are not a parent yet and you plan to be someday. This is going to be so key for you to understand. Maybe you're going to reflect back on your own journey and you may lean into grandchildren or cousins or aunts and or you might be an aunt or an uncle of a child. This is important for every single person in this room. So zone in with me wherever you're at. Because in the book of Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, it says this, it says, this is our verse. This is our proverb for today. Train up a child in the way he should go. He or she interchangeable. This is an old Testament verse, but, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's read it again. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And as I started to read this verse and research this verse, I started to think to myself, you know, I've heard this before. I mean, I've heard it before because I've not only probably spoken on it before, but I've, I just have, I've read the Bible before. I've been in church for a long time. Man, I've heard this verse. And one of the cool things about me that you may not know that John always is like, you should tell everybody that. And I was like, nah, that's, you know, I don't need to share that. But John keeps telling me, tell him, tell him. So, but one of the things that I did before I was leaning into volunteering here at DHC and speaking more is for about 16 years, I was a kid's director and pastor in churches. I was a kid's director since the time I was 19 years old up until about the time I was about 35 years old. I did that because I loved leaning into children. I loved hanging out with kids and talking to them about the Bible 
Bible and truth and how to live their lives. And it was really, really cool. Because I was a kids director for about 15 years, that is also why I waited 12 years to have a child, because I understood what actually goes into that process and journey. But I thought to myself, I've heard this before. I've heard this verse, and one of the things I wanted to do was give you some context. So context is that idea that we would look at the Bible and we would go, what is the context for this verse, rather than just taking it out of context? What is before and after this verse in the book of Proverbs? What does it look like? What does it mean? So in Proverbs 22.5, the verse before the train up a child verse, it says this, Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Man, this was interesting because this verse is very powerful about a thorny, treacherous road and what happens if you actually value life versus if you go down the wrong path. And what I realized Solomon was doing in the middle of this train up a child verse is he was giving us some of, some of his best zingers about wisdom related to life. This was one of those that was right around that train up a child verse. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. It goes on. Then our verse that we're talking about today, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then the next verse, Proverbs 22, 7, is such a great verse. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. And I love that we can have this dialogue about one of Solomon's kind of rapid fire, right in the middle of a whole bunch of rapid fire. So if you have a, a little bit of time this week and you want to read more, check out Proverbs chapter 22. It's a really cool chapter in the book about Solomon just kind of rapid firing all these things. And right in the middle of that is this idea about training up a child. So let's stop for a second. Let's talk about children. You know, it's one of those interesting things, as I told you that I've worked with kids for a long time and I've seen them grow up from afar and I've watched them grow up. And now that we've moved away from our hometown, you see them grow up on social media. I've had nieces and nephews. In fact, I would love to show you a picture of one of the very first days that Libby was home with us, which was really cool. So this is one of those pictures. And I would just like to describe what's going on in this picture because Caitlin, there's Caitlin. She's looking at Libby. And you see her face. Don't you see the joy in the face? And she's probably just thinking, what a gorgeous, precious creature. My life is complete. And then if you look at my face, you're probably wondering what I'm thinking. And if you look at the smile on my face, you can probably think that I'm going, I have no idea how much money this is going to cost me. And so, but if you see the differences there, because here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. One of the things that a lot of people do is they get into this having a kid thing and they don't understand that when you say yes to having a child, that something changes in your life, that it's very different, that children are a massive responsibility. Sometimes we find this out a little too late, right? Oh yeah, I'll have a kid, no problem. And then all of a sudden, this child doesn't leave your house. They're there all day. And I don't know if you know, when they're in the infant stage, they take 24-hour-a-day care, full-time, nonstop, coming out of every orifice of their body, our fluids, and all the things that happen. And I had to figure, I was like, wow, this is something. And I wanted to also put up a picture of what I believe is my child's response to my suffering that I've been through as I discovered they were a massive responsibility. I just really feel like this is the response that I like. Look at those two, you know? I mean, this is because this is what's going on. But the truth is, 
This idea of children, it's a massive responsibility. It's massive physically, it's massive emotionally, and it's massive spiritually. All these things tied up into one. You are their physical care, you are their emotional support and care, and you should be, and we're gonna talk about this today, their spiritual support and care. See, the massive responsibility about having a child means one thing, is that parents have a hard and important job. I've realized in my life, and I didn't necessarily know all this going in, and by the way, I'm gonna give you a side note, I have gotten not all of it right, and very few things have I probably got right about being a parent, but I'm trying day after day. But I understand it's hard, and it's an important job. But I also believe that something else has happened. And it's happened over the last number of years and decades in our culture. And we've landed here in 2021 in this kind of what we're calling this post-pandemic world that we're working through and figuring this out. But I believe something about culture and society in general, not everybody, but in general in 2021. I just believe that in 2021, some of us have forgotten what it means to be a parent. We've just kind of forgotten about this massive responsibility. Nah, we'll get somebody else involved to raise the child, right? We're gonna, I'm busy, I got things to do. We're gonna get somebody else involved to help take care of the child. And by the way, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, like some support and we're all in this together as a tribe of people doing life together is a good thing. Don't, under, don't misunderstand this. I'm not you know, writing this off that we all don't need support and help, right? But a lot of times we just go, okay, I'm gonna depend on school, right? So I don't have to. To do this, right? I have enough to do. I have my own problems. I need to go out with the boys. I need to get together with my buddies, right? I, I, I'm just going to depend on school. The earlier we can get this child in school, the better. How soon can we enroll, right? Church, maybe we just depend on church, right? Uh, it, it, nannies, which I'm going to get a nanny. By the way, I had this like myth like in my mind before I had this baby. We'll just get nannies. We'll get a lot of nannies. That way I don't have to necessarily lean in there all the time. Maybe we rely on government programs to just kind of bail us out or support us. And so, so here's, here's the point. In this idea of being a parent in 2021, it's not like people necessarily want a helping hand, but a lot of us want to just hand them off. And we can't do that. And let me tell you why we can't do that. Even though people can come alongside us and help, we can't do that. And I believe the Bible enforces and confirms this, and here is why, right? Because I believe no one, don't miss this, zone in with me. No one, no one, has more influence in the life of a child than a parent. No one. Whether you are a good parent or a bad parent or an in-between parent or a loving parent or a scorning parent, no one has more influence in the life of a child than a parent. And if that is true, which I believe that it is, then Proverbs verse, chapter 22, verse six makes all the more sense. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, 
he will not depart from it. So I wanted to offer you a nickel's worth of free advice based on this verse, which I think is also somebody something that people, parents, have forgotten in 2021. You've probably seen this if you've walked through any Target, right, in this city, or maybe in a different city, as parents are letting their children run roughshod over them in the middle of the aisle. Here's what I want you to know based on this verse that I think is really important. Don't forget who's in charge of your child. You are in charge of your child. Don't ever forget this. Because a lot of times we misunderstand this and we tend to like want to be our kids' friends and we tend to allow us to kind of get a little loose with that and we tend to go, yeah, I want my kid to be my friend. Don't forget who's in charge of your child and it is you. And God, through the Holy Scripture, has called you to be their parent first and to train them up in the way they should go, not their friend. And that's really important. At some point when they're grown and they understand where their footing is in the world, a different kind of relationship, maybe even a friendship, might develop. But there is a certain time and a place for that. Because if you're in charge of your child, and it's a massive important responsibility, as I believe that it is, I think it's important to understand just some things that we're responsible for. And these are practical things that that verse in Proverbs describes. I just believe your child probably needs three things. There should be a parenthesis that they need way many more than three things. But I'm just going to try to, you know, summarize it into three things. And let's talk about those three things. Number one, spirituality. I just think that it's important that parents understand that their child's spiritual development is something that they can lean into. And then number three, I'm sorry, number two, they need education. And number three, they need physical care. And these things, which become our responsibility when we become a parent, we have to understand that these are massively important things in the life of a child. That these things are placed right in front of us to be able to guide and help and lean into. But it's important to understand about these three things, about spirituality, about education and physical care. All three of these things will take, don't miss this because this is key, this is how massive the responsibility is as we train up a child. All three of these things will take influence, time, and money. It just will. It's going to take your influence. It's going to take a whole lot of your time. And as my parking lot bald buddy said, it's going to take a whole lot of your money. And I think it's important for us to understand that. And I think it's important for parents to understand this as you move in because this is in front of us. This bite-sized nugget of wisdom has been placed in front of us to accomplish as parents. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. There is a way a child should go. Do you know that? God defines that for us and leads us on that path throughout the Bible, throughout the scripture. There is a way that a child should go and that's okay. And it's our job to guide them there. I talked to you about spirituality. I talked to you about their education and I talked to you about their physical care. But for the rest of today, as we talk about training up a child, 
I want to stop and talk about this idea of spirituality. So here's what I get from a lot of parents. Because I've been a kids director for a long time, I told you, uh, in churches and traveling around the country, talking to other leaders. And I love when parents drop their kids off to church. It was one of my favorite things because I got to watch the interaction of families and, and I would uh, see the kids get dropped off and you could tell you know, who had a great relationship with their parents at home and who didn't. And you got to interact with those and you got to watch the behavior at the church and you got to hear about things at school and all those things. And I remember having a very specific conversation with one parent uh, who we were having a conversation about the spiritual development of their child and about what their expectations were of the local church. And basically what their expectations were that they did not want to talk about God, Jesus, Bible, the scripture in their house. What they wanted to view the local church as was more of a drop-off service to go, I'm going to bring my kid to you And then you at the local church should spiritually develop my child. Basically, they were telling me as this kid's director, this is your job, not mine. As the parent, it's not my job to help spiritually develop my child. I thought this was very interesting, that this was actually a real person having this conversation with me. And it was interesting because if you remember back to my earlier statement, if it's not your job to spiritually develop your child, keeping in mind that no one what? No one has more influence in the life of a kid than who? The parent. Here's the question. Whose job is it? Right? Who? Okay, so it's not your job to help spiritually develop your child. Whose job is it? Is it the church? Well, I I think the church has a role in that. I think the church is a partner in spiritually developing children. The church provides resources, support, educational materials, small groups, Sunday morning programming. Like the church is absolutely the partner in it. But is it it the church's job solely? Is it the educational system? Um, is Is it the child, him or herself? Is it their job to spiritually develop themselves? And a lot of people in 2021 would say yes. It's not the parent's job to guide the child. Allow them to freely explore and develop a worldview at the very ripe and old age of five, right? That's their job at that point. Here's the, it's not my job to help spiritually develop my child. Do you want to know something? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's my job. It's Caitlin's job to help spiritually develop Elizabeth's growth spiritually, to introduce her to Jesus, to help show her how important he is in our life, and to help put her on a right path. Here's why. Because no one has more influence in the life of a child than a parent. No one. And if no one has more influence in the life of a child than a parent, then it is our job partnering with all those other organizations and institutions, the church, the school system, their peers, everything, to help influence the spiritual development of that child. That's so important, and that's what we miss in culture. Yes, it is your job. You have the most influence. Yes, it is. Does that mean 
that she's gonna become a Christian and say yes to Jesus at a very young age and go and follow him for all of our life? We hope so. Do we know that that's the way it's gonna go? We don't know, but we do have a responsibility to lead and guide her in that direction. Yes, you do. It is your job to train up a child and to lean into their spiritual development. It's your job. If you've said yes to being a parent and you've signed on that dotted line and you have a child, under whatever circumstances you have that child, this is part of your massive responsibility, 100%. And in fact, if I were to just be an open book, this is one of the reasons I did not want to be a parent for a long time, because this is hard. There are a lot of things in life that are hard. I like to do easy things. I don't want to do hard things all the time, right? Anybody else with me on that? Man, don't you just like a nice, easy day? Man, I like to have a nice, easy day. What'd you do today? Nothing. Got up, watched Disney+, Plus. watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, walked out to the balcony, pet the dog. That was my old life before I had a child. And then I'll, I don't, can't do that anymore. I don't have the time, right? I'm cleaning up puke and oh, oh, I won't even talk about what I do. Okay. <laughs> I was going to go down a road and I made the wise choice. See, I'm listening to my own messages. This idea about parents, your job, leaning in to their spiritual development goes back all the way to one of the earliest documented texts in the Old Testament. Goes back to the book of Deuteronomy when God was telling the ancient Israelis what to do as they helped develop their families and their homes. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture. If you know anything about me, you know I'm probably a New Testament kind of a guy. I love the words of Jesus. I love those red letters in some Bibles. I love what Paul has to say. But as I've talked with families and kids and teenagers and parents over the course of my ministry career, this text has been prominently used. And I believe it's so important for us to stop and look at it together because God in the earliest parts of the Bible gave the ancient Israeli people instructions of how to do this very early on. It's in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, and it says this, And actually, the cool thing about this is that this is actually known as the Shema, right? John was teaching me about this this week, because I don't know as much as he does. A lot of times when people compare our messages, they go, yeah, you can sometimes be more practical. John's more educational. I go, I know. He's way smarter than me and knows way more things, but I got a lot more energy than that stiff, okay? And so anyway, so so he goes, this is the Shema, the prayer that these Jewish people would bring every morning, or they would say every morning. I think it's so key for us to review together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I love that verse because Jesus, when he was on earth, repeated that same verse right before he said, and then go love your neighbor as yourself. Love people like you want to be loved. Jesus's core message here on earth. But back to the book of Deuteronomy. This is what God was instructing the ancient Israelites to do. And he goes on, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Keep my commandments on your heart. Keep them close. He goes on to say, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road 
when you lie down, and when you get up. I'm gonna read that again because I think it's so key. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols. Hit the next one for me. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Tie, like this is the one excuse for people who really love their Bible verse tattoos. Like I'm not going back all the, but you know, but if you got, okay, we don't need to go there, but uh, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. It continues, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This basically was code for allow my words, my commandments, my way of teaching to be a part of your heart, your home, and your life. Always, at every moment, at every time. So that we may train them up in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. This idea of spirituality related to children can be a complicated issue. And it can be a complicated issue in 2021. So I want to talk about something as we kind of wrap and close this conversation that I think is really important because it's a question that's asked a lot. You'll see it in media, you'll see it in culture, and you won't see the answer that I'm about to give you said very often. Here's the question related to spirituality. Shouldn't my child develop their worldview on their own? Shouldn't they have an opportunity to explore? Shouldn't they have an opportunity to seek out the world and determine what they think for themselves? Just because Jesus worked for me doesn't mean that Jesus is going to work for her. Shouldn't she have the opportunity to be able to go and explore on her own? I just believe this. I believe as parents, if nobody has more influence in the life of a child than a parent, then we have a massive responsibility to share our journey, our history, our walk with our children. Because I just believe this, the answer to this question, it's either gonna come from you or it's gonna come from a professor. It's either gonna come from you or it's gonna come from a university. It's either going to come from you or it's going to come from somebody else, somebody that they might sit in for a few hours a semester. And I don't know about you, but I want it to come from me. I want it to come from me. Why? Because Jesus changed my life from the inside out. I would be a disaster without him. I would be an absolute wreck without Jesus at the center of my life. I'm still kind of a mess with him there. Without him there, I'd be a complete mess. Some of you are the exact same. And I also believe this, and I don't want you to miss this, because I truly believe that we've confused something in parenting, in culture, in 2021. We've confused these two things, personality and ideology. Personality is different than ideology. 
Personality is something that we should encourage them to develop. Personality is something we should help them to thrive on. You're boisterous, you're loud, you're excited. Go and let that shine, girl. You wanna talk to everybody, that's your personality. Go and talk to them. Personality is different than ideology. Ideology is how you view and see the world. And if you as a parent aren't gonna lean into their ideology, then who is gonna do it? That's where we are coming in. That's where the Bible says to us, train them up in the way that we should go. And we sloughed off that responsibility to someone else or some school or the media. And we wonder why our kids are walking away from the church. That's why. Personality is so different than ideology. You as a parent should lean into and shape their ideology and you and a parent should lean into and let them explore and develop their personality. So downtown Harbor Church, boy, I'm kind of out of breath there. (laughs) Downtown Harbor Church, we put one word on the screen each week and we ask the same question. It's this, it's what's the practical? Because we just believe at DHC when we hear a message like this, that there's all kinds of people in this room, that there's grandparents, there's aunts, there's uncles, there's people who are young parents, there's people whose kids have left the house, there's people who are gonna be parents, there's all kinds of people listening to this. So related to the practical, we wanna give you some practical things that you can do, or that you might even be able to write down, or, or if you know someone who's raising a young child, you might be able to point them to this message, because the question is, related to the practical, Adam, I'm in, I gotcha. I believe everything you're saying. You go ahead and preach, man, okay? But here's the question. How do you help a child spiritually? So many of us can't even figure this out for ourselves. How do we help a child? So many of us are still questioning spiritual things ourselves. How can we help children? What does that look like? So we wanted to give you a few practicals that you could put into practice starting today that would potentially set them on a different path for their future. Number one, make church attendance regular. I will tell you this about my family and about my daughter, is that every time that I am physically in Fort Lauderdale, I will be physically at downtown Harbor Church. And so will she. And let me tell you why. Because when she grows up, and when she begins to get ready to leave our house someday, and we see her off on whatever journey is next for her, I want her to remember that we showed up every single week and it was important to us to attend church together. Therefore, it should hopefully be important to her. You can watch online in 2021. You can watch online and you can watch anything you want from the comfort of your couch. Show up. Make church attendance regular. Get to know somebody face-to-face. Get to know other families who have kids. Make church attendance a regular thing. Number two, when the time is right, read the Bible together. I don't know where to start, you might say. That's okay. Me either. But God can guide us and show us together. And maybe it's time for you to Google maybe a kid's reading plan, or you can do it together before bed, or maybe at dinner time. Cool thing, which is really cool. Uh, We ordered Libby's first Bible this week, and it showed up with her name on it, Elizabeth Duckworth. It was pink. She's got it. And I, you know, I I thought when we ordered it, I thought it was going to be maybe like a kid's Bible, you know, but no, it's like an adult Bible. And I thought, wow, the text is a little small for her, but that's okay. We're going to make sure that she get, we're going to read it with her. We're going to, and so I just encourage you wherever you're at, however young they are, whatever age they are, it's time to read the Bible together. 
that could change a kid's future, could change a kid's life. Show them Jesus is important to you. Show them Jesus is important to you. I want her to know, about, uh, you know, amongst all the things that she knows, not a perfect person, never will be, have done a lot of things wrong, done some things right, but I want her to know that Jesus has changed my life. That's why I want her to see me here. That's why I want her to see me engaging with others, that Jesus has changed my life. There are things that you can do to show your children, a child, that Jesus is important to you. They just need to know it. They need to understand it. They need to believe it. And then lastly, don't be afraid of questions. I love when I have this conversation with parents because a lot of us are afraid of questions. What happens if they ask something I don't know? We're afraid. We don't really know. I think it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know, and let's go find out together. Let's learn together. Dad, what happened to the dinosaurs? I don't know, sweetheart, but here's John Garippa's cell phone number, and I would love for you to give him a call. 954-270, like, that's a joke. But I don't really know. None of us necessarily know, but we can learn together and we can explore together. Don't be afraid of questions and don't be able to be real with your faith. Don't act like you need to know everything. I love this thing that I'm gonna close with. I love this moment that we can have together. I heard this this week as I was writing this message and I thought it was really powerful. It goes like this. Tell God's story well. Tell it to your children. Tell it to all children. Tell it a thousand times. Tell it for the first time. Tell it with your words. Tell it with your life. Because you know what? There's gonna come a moment, I don't know when it's gonna be, but the moment will come when it's time to say goodbye. And when that moment in your life where your limited time of influence has run out, and there's gonna come a moment where you stand at a door and you watch that child pull away onto whatever's next for them or you drive to a college and drop he or she off and pull away yourself. And in that moment you go, the time that I had with them under my roof is gone. And that's the way it should be. But what are we gonna do with that time that we have? We're gonna train up a child in the way that he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's pray. Father, for all of us in this room here today, we pray a simple prayer. Help us. As parents, some of us raising young children like me, some of us who have, have kids who have moved on or kids in college or we're about to have grandchildren, God, this message translates to every one of us. Help us to bind together. Help us to stand together. Help us to do this thing right, to train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
And God, equip us. Surround us with your grace and your mercy and your peace as we do this together. Some of us don't even know what that means and that's okay. Allow conversations to happen. Allow us to seek after you as we do it. We'll be so quick to give you the glory. God, guide our children, surround our children, protect our children, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.